You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove Podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Before I get started on today's episode, I just want to give everyone a quick reminder. If you're enjoying Who Arted, weekly art history for all ages, you might enjoy my other podcast, Art Smart, as well. Art Smart is going to be starting Season 3 on Wednesday, February 1st. So if you want to learn more about different art materials, where they came from, and how to use them, check out Art Smart on your favorite podcast app. I feel like Who Art Ed. Try to spice it. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Edvard Munch. Edvard Munch was a Norwegian artist in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. He was born in a farmhouse on December 12th, 1863. Edward was one of five children, though sadly, his mother and one of his sisters died of tuberculosis when he was young. Edward himself was sickly, missing a lot of school. He'd be tutored by his family and friends, so he didn't fall too far behind. While he was at home for those stretches of illness, Monk would pass the time by drawing. His father, Christian Monk, would entertain the family by reading the macabre stories of Edgar Allan Poe. Christian Monk was also a deeply religious man. He sternly lectured his children about the importance of strict adherence to religion. Edward Monk would later say that his father had a nervous and obsessive temperament. He was reminded constantly that his mother's ghost was watching him, disappointed with every mistake he made. I don't think it's going to come as a huge shock that Edward Monk had a problem with nightmares throughout his childhood and anxiety that continued throughout his life. As a young adult, Edward Monk studied art. He was influenced early on by the Impressionists, but he really came into his own when he began using painting as a way of expressing his inner struggles. He is known today for his expressionistic works like The Scream. There are actually several versions of the scream. Monk made paintings, pastel drawings, and lithographs of it. There's a quote from an art historian, Martha Tedeschi, that really sums up why this piece is so significant and probably why he made so many versions of it. She said, quote, Whistler's mother... Wood's American Gothic, Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa, and Edward Monk's The Scream have all achieved something that most paintings, regardless of their art historical importance, beauty, or monetary value, have not. 
They communicate a specific meaning almost immediately to almost every viewer. These few works have successfully made the transition from the elite realm of the museum visitor to the enormous venue of popular culture, end quote. I think there's something to that. The Scream is one of the most widely recognized and parodied modern paintings. We've seen countless pop culture references to it, from the likes of The Simpsons to the famous Scream after Kevin McAllister put on Aftershave in the movie Home Alone. Interestingly, The Scream is not about a person screaming. The tormented figure in the painting is actually suffering an anxiety attack and overwhelmed by the din of the noise of the world around him. Edward Monk initially titled his work, The Scream of Nature, and included this poem on the frame of his pastel drawing in 1895. I was walking along the road with two friends. The sun was setting. The sky turned a bloody red, and I felt a whiff of melancholy. I stood, still, deathly tired, over the blue-black fjord and city, hung blood and tongues of fire. My friends walked on. I remained behind, shivering with anxiety. I felt the great scream in nature. E.M. Monk's words very vividly describe the anxiety and the overwhelming sense of dread that he was feeling. But we really don't even need to read that, because one look at the piece, and you know what he was feeling. Now, when I look at the figure in the painting, it really doesn't look like Edward Monk. It doesn't look like much of anyone I've seen walking around. The specific look of the figure may have actually been based on a Peruvian mummy that was on display in Paris around the time. The mummy had its hands up and mouth open in an apparent shriek that is not the least bit raising unsettling questions about that person's final moments, but it definitely bears a striking resemblance to the mask from the movie Scream, which was based on the elongated face in the painting The Scream. In 1994, a version of The Scream was stolen from a museum, And while many of us picture impenetrable systems of lasers and alarms guarding the valuables within a museum, the thieves simply put a ladder up to the window, climbed in, and took the masterpiece. Being polite criminals, they did leave a note thanking the museum for the lax security. Of course, art thieves who climb in through a window and leave a note aren't exactly masterminds. The piece was recovered three months later. It took longer to recover the next time it was stolen. The scream was missing for two years, and oddly enough, the Mars Candy Company decided that they would put up a reward for its safe return. They were trying to advertise their new product with dark chocolate M&Ms, and they thought, what's darker than the scream? And so they, they released an ad campaign saying they would give 2 million dark chocolate M&M candies for the return of the scream. And it worked. It's interesting, as well-known as the scream is in all of its different versions— Most of the versions of it are in Norwegian museums. In 2012, though, one of the pastel drawings, one of the only versions not in a Norwegian museum, went up for auction. It sold for 
the jaw-dropping amount of 119.9 million dollars which i have to imagine would have created some mixed feelings were edward monk around to see that i mean on one level it would have to be tremendously validating to see that people so love and appreciate his work and simultaneously what they're loving and appreciating is the visualization of one of the worst moments of his life. Still, though, the thing about the candies, I mean, that's kind of fun, right? This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.